Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's talking about. time for Mortgage Matter. All right. That's the way to start a show. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for sticking around after another wonderful Motor Mouse episode. You've got Dan and Jason here on Mortgage Matters. Not the Jason you're uh, probably used to hearing. It's the other Jason, Jason Van Dyke. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Not a stranger to the show, though. Let's bring him in because we have to change the bumpers. Yeah, that's right. It just makes it easy. <laughs> makes it easy. Jason's got a day off today. That's right. His lovely wife uh, has a big birthday, or had a big birthday, I guess, a couple days ago, and uh, they're getting ready for a little shindig at their house tonight to celebrate, so he needs some, some time to prep, so I hope he enjoys the day off. We'll uh, think we'll be able to carry the load here today. Try and hold it down. Yep. <laughs> All right. Just getting settled in. I was bragging today. I got my fully charged headphones. Not going to have any technical malfunctions today. No headphone emergencies today, huh? It happens. It's been yeah. known to happen from yeah. time to time. And you brought in your own mic sock. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I really need, well, you know, that's a good idea because really this one over here on my end, I need to be bringing in my own mic sock too. You know, yeah. a mic sock is one of those, uh, it's one of those foam covers for the microphone to help make sure you don't spit all over the microphone. Or yeah. And you can tell that somebody spit all over the mic it, sock. It blocks your breath <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. There's always this crust on the uh -huh. mic socks and mm. you know what? They're very, it's a very affordable luxury item. Mm. You know, it's, I'm looking at mine right now. And kind you're, of you're kind of up. wishing you had spent $3 so on a foam hear, mic sock. If you huh? hear me back here today, you'll understand <laughs> why. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I know what to. That's the smart one. To get in the room. you for the next uh, right, present yeah. giving opportunity. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And stocking right. stuff for this year. <laughs> right. Mike sock. Perfect. Yeah. So this is your uh, your last show for a little while, huh? Yeah. You're going to Hawaii. Getting ready to take a vacation here. Going to leave uh, leave late next week and be gone for about ten days. So, it feels yeah. like you've been a little deprived. This is your first trip to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like as all the summer vacations have unfolded here. Um, Mine haven't taken up enough Saturdays, no. so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take up two in a row. Good for you. Yeah. That'll be a fun trip. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice. What island are you going to? I'm going to Kauai. Nice. Wow. Good. Yeah. Got a nice little place that we're gonna stay. Got awesome. some activities planned. Oh, one of those Airbnb things again? Yeah, it's a home away. Cool. I think similar concept. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have a house. You yeah. know, settle in, yeah. kitchen, do your own thing. Mm -hmm. What do the Podestos do on vacation? What kind of activities do you have planned? Uh, we're gonna do uh, an ATV ride. Oh, we're uh, I don't know. There's some boating thing we're looking at. There's right. a luau, of course. Never done a luau before. Uh, right. That'd be that awesome. Should be fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna yeah. do the Hawaii thing. Yeah. There you go. That's right. Fun. How fun. Um, yeah, we were just talking about all the kids are back in school. That's so, right. Those of us. Over. Those of us with school age kids. Yeah. Little reprieve. So yeah, all the, have a few extra days now, or extra hours in our day, which yeah. is kind of nice. Yep. Uh, 
I saw, I, I can always tell when the school year starts, there's new new parents showing up. Don't kind of, they, they don't really know the routine of dropping the kids off at school. I live right next door to mm. a school, so I get to right, you watch all the that. new parents, you know, having their nerves too, that, that first morning of school. Yeah, that's always interesting. <laughs> it's funny you say that because we started a new school this year. Uh-huh. And so I had some of that, the little back to school night, <laughs> right? And, and you show up and there's lots of people to meet, and, uh-huh. you know, lots of babies to kiss and hands to shake and all that. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely interesting. But the kids get a little nervous. I noticed my boy at pickup time didn't quite do something right. So... They were quick to, hey, no, no, this is how we do it here. And he he was he was he wanted to change the pickup routine the next day. He's like, Hey, can you not pull up in the car and just park and come get me? I was like, Did those did those crossing guards dad, scare you? Did dad, they scare you're driving you? the minivan and it's not cool. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny the uh, things that they worry about and are concerned about, you know. Uh, uh, you try to tell them, don't worry, it's okay. Those things are just, the, they're irrelevant at the end of the day. But no, they're, that's fun to set up for them. So that's always fun. Yeah. That's well, always fun. Yeah. I uh, I started soccer. I had my first soccer practice yesterday. Uh-huh. My, my four-year-old are son. Are you sore? No, oh, not I didn't, you. I didn't I got do you. much. I mean, I, I was, I, had, I got out there a little bit to help right? guide things along. There was a little bit of uh you know, there's some apprehension, I think. About, Are you doing that? Are you going to be the dad coach? You know, it's uh, this radio show, unfortunately, interferes with game day. Stop so it. that's a uh, that's a problem. That's not necessarily true. Not all your game days will be on the weekends. They're all, well, for this age group, right, it's right. always okay. Saturday morning. Okay. But so. I'm saying in general, do you feel, do you see yourself as like the, the dad coach? Maybe baseball? You get a little bit older? Oh, I could see that. Yeah. 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 I've imagined it. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's fun. I I've imagined impassioned speeches. Oh, you good. Know, firing up the team. Oh, you're getting. You're really getting oh, ready. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my my uh, Newt Rockney impressions. <laughs> yeah. I can do it all. I'll. Uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. We'll that's... see. We'll see if it pans out that way, or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if I go a different direction. You never know what your kids are going to be involved in. Either, <laughs> right. So right. You never know what you're going to end up coaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see you in a leotard for some reason. I don't know why. Hey, I'll do my best. I will. I'll I'm give sure it my all. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> you never know. So what are we going to jump into today? Well, we, uh, I don't know. We I got see a, some articles over yeah, there. Yeah, I got a few things. Um Got a got a couple articles clipped. My newspaper has finally been uh, been received at the home on a regular basis this past week. It took about two weeks of complaining to the Tribune and letting them know that fifty percent delivery rate was not acceptable. Huh. And uh, and so this week, after I threatened that I should just um, I should just cancel the subscription, I've been getting every newspaper now. Hmm. Guess I should have started with that. Yeah, we went digital a while back, and we used to get it regularly. And canceling didn't necessarily stop our paper from coming. <laughs> I think I think we had to cancel several times. Wait, and, wait, wait, and wait, well, a, maybe they I'm thought that the you canceled. Maybe I was getting your paper. Maybe they thought that you know, maybe that yeah, you know, maybe they got it backwards. That oh, we don't need to deliver Dan's newspaper. I would I would <laughs> just settle for the digital subscription if it weren't so competitive for the iPad in the morning. Very true. You There's know. something nice about having a tangible yeah. paper that you can open up with a cup of coffee on your deck, right? Yeah, I and, think so. Enjoy. And no one else is interested in picking up a real newspaper no. except for me. So then no. I, I know it's mine. Right. It's something that's only mine. Good, yeah. <laughs> no Most, one else wants it. <laughs> it's great. It's the very few things anymore that are just mine. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm going to take advantage of it. 
Um, but yeah, there's a there's a couple things. I thought, you know, maybe we would... I don't know. Do we want to jump into news or do we want to jump into some things that I thought might be interesting? Let's go with what you think is interesting. All right. If it happens there's to be news, a, great. Yeah. Well, I guess it's news. It's industry news. Sure. We, um We've talked a lot over the past couple years um, about the appraisal industry mm-hmm. and how the there's been changes. Um, there's a there's definitely an aging population. The appraise the appraiser community is an aging population. I think the average age of an appraiser is in the fifties. Hmm. Um, there's not a lot of new blood coming into that industry. Right. And um, there's also been question about how. Um, how important that is. There's a lot of automated valuations mm-hmm. out there. You know, we have Zillow and Trulia, Redfin, you know, all these different websites do their best to approximate a value of your home. Right. Um, and as that t- technology improves, the the lending community is starting to embrace it a little bit more. And so at the first of this year, we saw the agencies, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, um, come out with some guidance on on loans that were likely to receive a property inspection waiver. That means um, when a loan is approved through the automated underwriting engine, the value of the home that's entered into, the engine decides if, if it accepts that value as is or if it wants an appraisal report to back up the value mm-hmm. that has been entered into that engine. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't a lot of... Um, it wasn't understood when you would get that property inspection waiver and when you wouldn't mm-hmm. until the first of this year when they, they came up with some clear criteria um, as far as when you can expect to receive that waiver. And so it was for refis only at the first of the year. There was, you know, if you're just looking to lower your rate um, and improve your or improve your term, that there were a lot of opportunities to get that inspection waiver. There was even the opportunity to, opportunity to waive the appraisal um, when you're getting cash out of your home, as long as the loan to value was a little lower. Um, but purchases, always you always needed an appraisal. Until now. Um, we just found out this week, in fact, it, I got an, an announcement last Saturday, that purchase transactions will now be eligible for the property inspection waiver. And, and so there, it's good for a few reasons, I think. One, um, it saves you money. Mm-hmm. As a as the buyer, an appraisal can cost five or six hundred dollars, sometimes more. Um, and when you don't have to have an appraisal, you just save that amount of money. It's mm-hmm. it's right. It's money right back in your pocket that you would normally have to pay. Um, and you know, it's the purchase transaction. I feel like is you know what's what's the value of a home. Well, it, supposedly it's whatever someone's willing to pay for. It, right? right. It's what a willing buyer right. and a willing seller are agree to to transact the property for. You know, they're it's what it's what that seller's willing to sell the property for. It, it as long as there's no outside influences, it's not a distress sale, there's no relationship between the two parties. Sure. Um, you know, it's just two people who don't know each other who are buying one another's house and they mm-hmm. agree on a price to to mm-hmm. buy it. That's market price. And so it, it's always kind of, I found it funny and we've run into problems with this, especially in this market where we're coming out and uh, appreciation is, you know, strong. It's mm-hmm. 10 plus percent. Sometimes the value doesn't always keep up with the market because mm-hmm. 
the market's moving, it's going forward, and sure. appraisals are always looking backward. Sure. And so here we're, you know, we're taking some common sense transactions, uh, one unit properties only, includes condominiums. We're sticking with uh, primary residence and second home transactions only, so not investment properties. Okay. Um, and the value of a subject property is less than a million dollars. And obviously okay. the loan amount is going to be within the agency guidelines, so sure. less than 586000 in our county. Um, as long as all those factors are present, then it's possible to get this property inspection waiver. Now, are they are they looking at the loan-to-value on a purchase scenario? Um, it does say that they're looking for loan-to-values um, no higher than 80%. Okay, so yeah, you definitely I, have to have a down payment. Obviously, the, the fear from the banks, who are obviously in... They're, they're, they look at the entire transaction and are in the risk mitigation business. So sure. their idea is, or their thoughts on this, I guess what they need to protect themselves from is there there are scenarios where a purchase price could be run up maybe a little bit higher than it should. So if you've got multiple offers on a single property, um, oftentimes we'll start to you know go back and forth, back and forth, and actually start offering more than what the list price actually is. And so I think the fear from... The lender's perspective is that that purchase price will artificially be pushed higher to the point where now a new loan is maybe a lot riskier than it should be or normally would be on that purchase transaction. So that that's something that lenders are always going to be a little worried about. It feels like that pendulum has really swung the other direction in the favor of of making these transactions a little bit easier. Well, I think there's a couple factors, right? I in in a purchase especially um you know the big concern is that there's some collusion uh, or some outside influences that mm -hmm. that helped determine the sales price mm -hmm. so i think the the purpose of an appraisal in a purchase is to mitigate against those risk factors you know not really knowing if there's a relationship or outside influences or, or something else that's influencing that that agreed upon sales price sure but just in the last few years, we've gotten a lot better at being able to police those issues through, um, I mean, there the the database searches that are available to underwriters today are, I mean, it's everything. Mm -hmm. You can search anything and everything anymore. So it's really hard. I, I think there's just other ways to catch if there's some kind of relationship issue between buyer and seller um, that, you know, we don't necessarily need an appraiser to help figure that out because really what we're doing is if if we've got a home that's you know they've agreed to sell it for 700 grand but the appraiser's like what there's no way this thing's worth more than five hundred thousand dollars right you know whole red flags everywhere right? right there's a problem here what's going on and then sure. you dive deeper into it and you're like oh well i see the you know this person's related to that person and right there's something else going on here sure. but now i think without that valuation that independent valuation you can still figure out those other issues mm-hmm um, so now we're able to vet through some of those issues through the, the information that we have available. And when we know those factors aren't present, we're relying on the market, sure. you know, and, and I think we're also, it's an, it's a sign of, of the embrace of the automated valuation Yes, that we're just getting more comfortable with it. And sure. over the past eight, nine, 10 years, um, there's been a lot of appraisals done in that time period. Mm -hmm. And all of that appraisal data in, in that time period has been shared with the agencies. It's mm -hmm. been uploaded in a standard format so that all the data can be, you know, 
um, archived and compared and, and we can see trends now because we have we're, our database of information of this appraisal data is growing rapidly. Sure. So because of that, because of the access to information and the harvesting of appraisal data over the past 10 years, there's a comfort level now. And so I was reviewing um, the property inspection waiver guidelines for refinances. And so for, for rate and term refis, the refis where you're just improving your rate, improving your term, lowering your payment, um, for those things, you can get an inspection waiver up to 90% on a primary residence and second home or up to 75% on an investment property. And for cash out, you can get an inspection waiver up to 70% on a primary residence and up to 60% on the second home and investment property. So really, with purchases now, you can get inspection waivers up to 80%. We're basically saying that any agency loan that's done anymore, we're only looking for... Um, for appraisals on higher loan-to-value loans. Sure. Things are That's a little it. bit riskier. Yeah. Right. And that makes sense to me. Yep. You I know, agree. Let's, when you have equity present, what's the risk? I've, I've never really understood the risk in a rate and term refinance. If the borrower has a good history of paying their mortgage yep. and they're improving their likelihood of repaying, mm -hmm. why are we concerned about what the home value is? Yeah, we used to only see it maybe in scenarios like home equity lines of credit where the loan to value, if, you're, if your house is worth a million dollars and you want a $200,000 loan, you know, when, when it's a really, really safe scenario for the bank, they'll go ahead and waive that appraisal. And then, like you said, now and then it kind of spilled over into refinance transactions, which is which is great for the homeowner because, you know, as part of that process of refinancing, when you know you've got a ton of equity, you know your credit's good. I've been at my job forever. This is I'm like the safest borrower you could possibly have. Now I have to have someone come over and come through my house and take pictures right. of my dirty bedroom, right. and my laundry room, and take measurements, and then that's going to cost me money in a scenario where we know already what the outcome is going to be. It's just it's just great for homeowners. Yeah, it really is. On the purchase side, um, that that's going to speed up transactions too. Oh, well, that's huge. Processing timelines should be shaved by about a week, maybe yep. more. Yep. Um, one of the longest parts of the home buying process is waiting for that appraisal report to come in. Yep. And there's a there's a contingency removal that mm -hmm. that you know needs to take place, and you're racing to get that appraisal done in 17 days. I mean, I guess there's some homeowners that or home buyers that might want that appraisal anyway just mm -hmm. to just to give them the confidence that they're not overpaying for a home or peace something. of mind it's always nice when you're buying to have some professionals go through the property to make sure that there's nothing that as the home buyer you're missing i mean they're obviously that's not their job is to to find everything that potentially could be a flaw or, or an issue with that property. So I think they heavily rely on those inspectors and the sure. appraisers to to come up with maybe things that they haven't seen. And even if you're getting an inspection waiver through the loan process, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you you can't get an appraisal. Right. You can, as a buyer, you can still get an appraisal if you want to. That's sure. not a problem. Sure. But as far as the loan goes, it certainly could speed up the transaction. I could see loans closing in two weeks pretty easily if you don't have to wait for an appraisal. Yeah, and it also kind of eliminates the issue of, you know, sometimes appraisers are a little bit pickier than they need to be. And they yeah. highlight items that necessarily, um, you know, aren't real big items. But when the underwriter is looking at the file and they're trying to take, again, a conservative approach to cover their their own butts, then, mm -hmm. you know, now all of a sudden we've got some things that need to be addressed, maybe fixed, 
prior to that transaction closing. So yeah, you're, you're talking about something that normally would take 10 days to two weeks to, to complete anyway. And now after that process, now we still have some repairs that we have to go back and make that maybe mm-hmm. we can avoid, you know, that we don't have to deal with anymore. So that that's great. That's yeah. a great piece for sure. So it's an interesting change. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see on our side how many loans start to get these waivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's typically something we will know right out the gate, which is also really nice. When you complete a loan application, we collect your income documentation, your asset documentation, a full application to make sure we understand where you are as a borrower. And then we run these things through the automated underwriting system. And that automated underwriting system right then and there will tell us if this property or this transaction is approved for a property inspection waiver. So it's something that we know right up front, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So we can plan the the transaction accordingly, which is great. Yeah, it's... Um... It's it's really a nice change, I think. I think it's um, it makes a lot of sense for a variety of reasons. And I received yeah. one on a refinance that just closed this last week on a condo. And because we were able to get the property inspection waiver on this refinance, we also were able to skip a lot of the documentation that we would normally have to provide for the condo certification. Mm-hmm. So that made the transaction just so much easier. Um, well, especially when we're talking about condos and some HOAs and some extra steps there. I think of, of refis. There's too many times we've run into borrowers who are, you know, they're they're doing something pretty common. They're they're fixing up their bathroom. They're remodeling their bathroom, mm-hmm. right? They're they're getting new tile in. They're mid construction, and something comes up in their life and. They need a little cash out or all of a sudden the rates fall and all they want to do is lower their payment. They don't even want cash out to do anything, but they happen to be doing some home improvement project that's a little more than just, uh, you know, planting some new plants or something. Right. Um, And it it causes a problem when we need to do an appraisal and you've got, you know, you got your tile ripped up in your bathroom. Yep. And now all of a sudden we're like, man, it's such a, it's a cosmetic thing. Silly. It's, it's frustrating. (laughs) These people are well qualified, you know, great equity, great credit, all these things going for them. And then because they, timing wise, just chose a bad time to do this, it, it throws a wrench in the whole thing. And getting that property inspection waiver is a way to not, they don't have to disrupt. Yes. You know, they can just do their thing that they're doing and get the loan, the financial transaction done that they need to get done and just let them go about their business. I had a guy <laughs> a couple of years ago that was in that exact scenario and went, ended up having to go to Home Depot, buying the cheapest doors <laughs> right. and product that he could just to put up yeah. to create this facade that, it's hey. It's not even done well. Right, exactly. It's like, I'm going to just, I'm going to lay linoleum down. I'm not even going to glue it yes. down. <laughs> yes, just to appease the appraisal <laughs> right. process. It's so funny, yeah. it's so funny. But so that's interesting and very exciting, really, especially talking with realtors and being able to say, hey, listen, we can skip this piece altogether. Now, you know, doing a 21 day close is, is very feasible, very yeah. feasible. Um, one other thing that I think just deserves a mention, um, not not a full conversation about, but it's another loan change. Um, the HARP program, uh, it was announced that that's going to be extended through the end of 2018. So okay. we've got a whole nother year of HARP. HARP, if you don't remember, that's the Home Affordable Refinance Program. It was the program that was introduced to help homeowners who owed more than their home was worth, Mm -hmm. or they had some job situation. What I've seen it also do, in addition to the negative equity um, refinances, is it accommodates very high debt-to-income ratios. Yep. 
and some other unique things that maybe you could get loans on before, but you can't now. Mm -hmm. um, property type exceptions, some uh, loan to value exceptions, obviously, for the negative equity stuff, um, occupancy things that it yes. will allow. So anyone who's struggling to get a refinance who thinks HARP might be an answer for them, that program's still around. And that program is going to be extended through the end of next year. So just wanted to mention that. It's uh, it's 9.30. I think we should take a commercial break here. I want to remind our listeners that you can call in and ask a question or share a comment. Uh, we're here live in the studio, and you know we'd love nothing more than to hear from you. You can give us a call, 543-8830, 543-8830. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often, potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Because you're going to Hawaii, so gotta find Put me, you in a little uh, mood here. Maybe I'll try to find tiny bubbles. I was gonna or say something. you gotta find the Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island? Um, wasn't that that show with the uh, Ricardo Montalban? Yeah, he playing. They playing. Play. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can find. Uh, yeah, Fantasy Island. All right. All there right. you go. Now your mic's hot. There we go. All right. We hot. Were out of the, you were out of the room for a minute. Hot the whole time? Hot. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. We're back. 
It's Mortgage Matters. It's Dan and Jason. Hey, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) It's that dirty mic sock. I couldn't get through to it. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta scrape through the crust so you can be heard. You ever heard of something called Unison? Uh, Sounds familiar. Unison. I was just introduced to that this week. Unison is a uh, down payment assistance opportunity, Mm. I think is what I'll call it. Okay. I don't know what else to call it, but an opportunity. A lot of those down payment programs are opportunities to someone. This is this one was kind of interesting. This is this is a company that um, will invest in home ownership with you. Okay. So the the most basic program that they offer is they will match your down payment. So hmm. as a home buyer, if your um, if you're putting down 10%, they'll match your 10%. So you can have a 20% down payment, avoid mortgage insurance, um, and just get a better overall deal. So it, what do you get out of it? Yeah, what's the repayment? What's the catch? Yeah, where, yeah. The exactly. catch what's is the catch? they want 35% of the market movement of your property. So a so, whatever appreciation. Up or down. Okay. Up or down, they will uh they'll take thirty five percent stake in the property with you. Hmm. So you know So if the value goes down, do they send you a check? Well, when you pay the loan off, mm-hmm. um you will owe them the difference. So the sure. you know, they offer an example on their website where if you're buying a five hundred thousand dollar home and you're putting down fifty grand, they'll put down fifty grand with you. And then if the home goes up by $100,000, they're going to get $35,000 of that. So that's 35% of that gain. Mm-hmm. So when you go to pay that loan off for whatever reason, they're, they're going to get $85,000. Hmm. Um, if the home goes down in value by, say, hundred grand, they are going to participate by 35% in mm-hmm. that swing as well. And mm-hmm. so when you pay off that loan, uh, they're only going to get $15,000 hmm. of their money back. I think they're making a bet on an appreciating market, sure, obviously. Sure. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I uh, a, a buyer that we're working with sent us this website and asked if we had ever heard of it and if it's something that they could use and what we thought about it. And so I started doing a little investigating and I found that most lenders aren't allowing this type of down payment um, third party Right. To be on title and to be on, you know, to be part of this transaction. Because really, that's what they are. They're going to be on title. They're going to be a title holder. And so when you say lenders aren't allowing it, uh, you know, obviously our business is matching home buyers or clients up with the best scenario they can for different lenders we do business with. Yes. And so we're approved with many, many lenders. Mm-hmm. And so when you walk in the door, obviously, we're, our job is to try and find you the best program available. So you're saying that some of the lenders that we do business with are saying that's a great program and a great opportunity, but that's a little outside of what we feel comfortable with getting involved in. I only pulled a few, okay. but are the ones that we use most commonly. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked their thoughts on it. And yeah, they, they said that they're aware of this program and others like it. Um, they're the feedback I got was that so far Fannie Mae um, isn't allowing it at all. Freddie Mac has a very limited pilot okay. for this type of uh, down payment program. So it sounds like something that the agencies are are t- 
testing and, and starting to learn more about and, and understand it more to decide if how they're going to allow it and right and that. So it's interesting. Um, it's something I hadn't heard of before this week. Um, and so I started doing a little math because I, you know, first I want to know, is there an opportunity to even use this? Will our investors even allow it? Right. You know, will Fannie and Freddie even allow it? Sounds like maybe Freddie will on a very, very limited basis right now as they pilot through a, a few of these. Um, but then I wanted to just run the math. I mean, if this company is going to invest a 10% stake, but then get 35% of the return, that's obviously uh, a good deal for them. Sure. Um, especially when I believe home prices are going to appreciate also. Yeah. Um, it's one thing if I think the market may, may be poised for flat or or even a downward trend, then I might it might be a hedge against that. Mm -hmm. Hey, you guys can join me in this possible loss. Sure. Um, but then I started thinking, okay, what's it really saving me? Maybe it's saving me a little bit on the monthly payment. Maybe it's saving me a little, you know, I don't have to get mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. So then I was looking at, at this client that, that brought this up. I was looking at their scenario. They were looking at doing a loan with mortgage insurance. And I, I calculated, you know, okay, if you guys put down a 10%, how long would it take to get out of mortgage insurance on your own just by making payments and having the market mm -hmm. appreciate a little bit? And I... It's kind of figuring a few years, two, three, four years maybe, mm -hmm. to get out of that um, after putting a 10% down. And then I looked at what their potential gain was, or you know what they might have to pay out as far as equity gain goes to this company over that same period of time. Sure. And it looked to me like the cost of mortgage insurance was substantially lower sure. than the equity payout they would have to give this company. Yeah, those programs are always, they're great for some people, but sometimes the numbers just don't pencil out. It seems to me in a scenario like that, where, you know, that mortgage insurance piece, if it's, you know, $200, $300 per month, if that $200 or $300 per month means it is a significant amount for you, then, you know, then these programs may make a little bit more sense, where if you can forego that $200, $300 cost, um, it means a lot to you, then, then it could be a good program. But like you said, a lot of times that math doesn't, isn't going to pencil out. In I mean, scenario. you got to figure out, they came up with a business plan that's going to be profitable for them. Sure. Right. And, but for some folks, it may, may mean the difference between qualifying and not qualifying or buying sure. a house and not buying a house. Yeah. So that, 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 you know, it's case by case. Sure. No doubt. Sure. So I just, a uh, message to listeners out there is that if you're looking at any of these programs, I mean, one, I think it's something to keep our eye on because it's probably going to pick up a little traction and maybe become something that's commonplace in our industry. Who knows? So it's something to be aware of and um, also be aware that not every lender is going to accept these things right now. So, um, you know, don't get your hopes up until you've already checked with your lender, gotten pre-approved, made sure that they're they're okay with this type of down payment situation. I think a lot of people are unaware of that, that just because there's a program available or a guideline sits where it sits, that it's all inclusive and every lender is going to to follow those guidelines. And that's just not the case. Right. Some lenders will look at the guidelines and say, okay, great, this looks good. We're going to follow them to a T and we're going to open up all of these programs based on what these guidelines say. Mm -hmm. And other lenders look at the guidelines and, and they take a, a slightly more conservative approach to, you know, than what the guidelines just state at face value. So oftentimes they'll cut back or cut out some of uh, some of those programs or some of what those ratios will show. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it's just the bottom line is there's there's so many changes in our industry on a regular basis. 
and you never know exactly what who's going to participate and who isn't. It's always good to talk to a professional, find out exactly how your specific scenario matches up, and and obviously we can help do that for sure. One lender got back to me and said, you know, in addition to the agencies not fully embracing this program yet at this time, um, we don't allow uh, partial ownership. Right. You know, they they want things to be the, the more common um, vestings, like either community property or yes. joint tenancy, where the division of equity is equal between the the title holders. Yes. Um, in this case, you know, this this entity wouldn't get an equal stake mm-hmm. of the property. So that was something that was a more technical issue that they weren't comfortable with. Sure. Um, so there's there's a variety of variety of reasons why um a, a lender may not accept this type of program sure so definitely the the message to you should be that you know you got to investigate find all aspects of financing before you get too far down this path to make sure that you're even going to be able to get a loan if if you need a loan to buy a home yeah we have a lot of people that come in and sit down and have an idea of what they're looking for when they sit down and once we start reviewing their specific scenario you know, and gain further information about their scenario, we can kind of change gears and maybe look at some other options, other financing options that are available. So it's it's always hard to know and keep track of what's out there. Um, but yeah, just just looking at it from a holistic, holistic viewpoint and, uh, you know, looking at that scenario is, is always important. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that kind of brings up a, a few different things as far as, you know, qualifying for a loan, buying a home, what are some of the first steps um, that you should go through? I mean, what, what, obviously, I, I feel like a lot of folks feel like talking to a realtor right out the gate is the most important thing. We've got, if I want to buy a house, I got to go to someone who sells homes, right? Sure. And so oftentimes that's the, the misconception, I think, because once you do build these relationships when we build relationships with these realtors, you know, the first thing they're going to know is what can this person qualify for? I mean, are they a a real buyer? Are they just interested? Are they kicking tires? Where, where are we? I mean, we've just been conditioned to operate that way. Go to the grocery store to get a tri-tip to barbecue. You don't go talk to the checker first. You go look at the meat. Right. Right. Exactly. Same kind of thing. You want to buy a house, you go look at the, look inside. You want to find your dream home. Right. So what do you recommend that folks do as far as just right out the gate um, a new home buyer or interested in potentially being a home buyer um, where do you start where do you tell people to start well I mean we, as a company we're trying to drive home the message that getting your financing straightened out is really the first step right that's that's our whole marketing plan right now is to inform the the buyers out there um, whether they're new buyers or experienced buyers that hey this idea of, of finding the home first before you sort out financing isn't the right way to do it anymore. This, it's a competitive market. Um, more often than not, when you go meet with a realtor, they're going to they're gonna talk to you about pre-approval before they even really spend a lot of time with you anyway. So it's good to just figure that piece out first. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, obviously a buyer, you, you start to get fascinated with the idea of buying a home mm-hmm. and you start to look at what's out there and you do a lot of research online. And I think that's totally fine. I mean, I, part of that process is just identifying what's available on the market for, in various price ranges. Um, 
you know, and I think you have to do some amount of that research up front. Otherwise, when you go to get pre-approved for the loan and, you know, your lender's like, well, what kind of price range are you thinking about? Like, I don't know. Right. I mean, I'd love to buy something for 200000 that has the features of a million dollar home. Right. Can, can we do that? Well, let's be realistic here. What's really out there that meets your needs and is, and you can, you know, I'll help you with what you can afford, but what do you need and what do you want in a home? Right. And so I think there's some element of that that searching that needs to occur sure. right up front. Sure. So I think that's fine. I think it's important to have an idea of what home will work for your family. I think a lot of folks, and that should be maybe the initial piece as well, um, outside of the financing piece of finding, you know, just when you're talking about finding the right property, I think a lot of people have an idea of, okay, this is what I want. Um, you know, I've got kids, I need a three bedroom, two bath, and I'd like for it to be in this price range. Mm -hmm. And then once they get out there and start looking, they, uh, they come to the realization that maybe they can't find something that they, you know, that's going to meet their, their desired needs in a home at that price range. They have to look at higher, you know, prices, mm -hmm. um, or maybe the price range they had in mind, you know, isn't going to, to get them you know, the area that they want, the size they want. So it's always good to get an idea of that. But yeah, sitting down and getting pre-qualified where we can look at a credit report to see what your credit scores are. That's going to be very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, it's always funny when, you know, folks, the, when they talk to us in the lending world, they always want to know, well, what rate can I get? You know, what's what's a good interest rate right now? Well, that, that depends on so many different pieces of the scenario. Mm -hmm. So it's always tough to answer that question right out the gate without sitting down and knowing exactly where you are and what your application is going to look like and how we can apply it to the guidelines. So I think it's always good to to kind of keep that in mind for sure. Yeah. You kind of get put in a, in a corner a little bit when someone asks you that because you want to tell them the best rate that you can offer for the best case scenario so that you look good. Right. Cause that's, that's what they're seeing when they're seeing at, uh, you know, rates thrown at them on television or on the radio. It's always the best case scenario being advertised right. to them. Right. So you don't want to be grossly different than that. Mm -hmm. So you want to tell them something that's really good for that best case scenario. But until you really know their situation, you can't give them the rate that they could get, and, right. and you might be setting them up for disappointment yes. <laughs> by giving them something that's unrealistic to their situation. Yes, there's no doubt about that. And and you also have some control over the interest rate that you get. And I think that's one thing that, again, when you see advertised interest rates and they're very aggressively priced, oftentimes there's that little asterisk next to it. And mm -hmm. when you look at that closing cost scenario... You're paying three points to get yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so how much is it costing you to get into that interest rate? I mean, that that's great that you have that rate, but is that the right rate for you? And the costs that come along with that is definitely something that should be looked at. So yeah, again, it's, uh, it's always interesting how folks view that. You know, another piece that I always find interesting is the funds that people need to close a transaction. So if I'm, you know, buying a home and I put 20% down, so if I have a $500,000 purchase price and I want to put 20% down, so I'm putting down $100,000. Some folks, once they get that $100,000 in the bank, they're like, okay, we're ready. We've got the $100,000. Let's start making some offers. And they don't realize that, yes, down payment is an important piece of this transaction, but there are some additional fees that you're going to have to come out of your pocket with. Mm -hmm. So that hundred thousand all of a sudden turns into a hundred and seven thousand, and you know people don't necessarily consider that when they they decide, hey, I'm ready to buy now. Yeah, I had this, this is an exact conversation I had this week with some first time buyers talking about 
you know, the down payment and, you know, what's, what's this thing where I can finance in my closing costs? And I'm like, that's like, that's a refi thing, right? That's something you do in a refi where there's some loan fees and you can either pay those fees out of pocket or you can just add them to your loan balance, assuming you have the equity to do so. Right. But in a purchase, when you're trying to meet some minimum down payment, Mm -hmm. you're making that, whatever that down payment amount is, plus the closing costs. Yes. Plus if you're doing an impound account, there's that um, added out-of-pocket costs. Right. Um, so there's, yeah, it's more than just the down payment it's in nice, a purchase. It's nice to have them at least understand that it exists, mm-hmm. that it's there. Now, what's great is we can actually, there's some strategies that we can employ that will actually lower that amount that you need to bring to the table. So in that same scenario, if you've got 100000 as your down payment and 7000 in closing costs and prepaid items for your property taxes and impound accounts, um, you can, you know, there's, there's a couple different things. You could, if this isn't a home that you're going to stay in for an extended period of time, maybe you take a, a slightly higher interest rate. And that higher interest rate will reduce your closing costs by offering you a credit. Uh, another strategy, if you're on board with your realtor and there's proper communication, maybe you ask for $5,000 in closing costs as part of the, the transaction on the contract. Mm-hmm. And so instead of needing 107000 in that scenario with that $5,000 credit, now you only need 102000 So it's a couple extra you know, $1,000 instead of something maybe a little bit more significant. So there are strategies and techniques. But again, it's, it's sitting down, having those conversations, and... All of that should happen before we're making offers on a property. Sure. Before you decide this is my new house, I'm going to start packing now. A good rule of thumb for the the closing costs on a purchase is about two percent of the purchase price. Okay. Um, and plus or minus, I've seen them come in well under that. Sometimes they come in over. Sure. Sometimes it depends on how how much of the in, of the property taxes we're collecting at the time of closing or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, in general, you know, plan about 2% or so. So if you're thinking you want to make a 20% down payment on a purchase, plan on saving up 22% because right. you got that 2% in closing costs. Exactly. So it's just a good rule of thumb to to budget by. But yeah, there are other strategies to avoid that. Yeah. Potentially. So looking at that, there's other things that uh, you know may pop up on a credit report that's always good to keep in mind as well. Um, if you've had anything negative on your credit report as far as a, a, a bankruptcy or a foreclosure or a short sale, anything like that, it's you have to know your guidelines and know what those timelines are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to wait a little bit longer depending on what loan program you're going into. So um, for example, VA will allow a wait period of only two years after a foreclosure where conventional is going to be longer, is going to be longer for sure, seven years for conventional. So it's un, it, it's important to, to just understand what is going to be available and what options you can you can put into play to make the home ownership dream, you know, come true for you for sure. I think for um, a lot of buyers, especially first time buyers, they don't really know what the pre-approval process is all about. Mm-hmm. And, and what it really what it's all about is giving you peace of mind that you're going to qualify for a loan as long as the property checks out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we go through a process at our company where we're we're getting your credit report. We're we're pulling an actual tri merge credit report that 
that is the type of report used in a mortgage transaction. Tri-merge, meaning three Yeah, we're bureaus. getting all three bureaus merged right. into one report. Yep. And all of the data and all your trade lines is merged together. And, and we can see a very clear history of your use of credit and your repayment abilities. Um, we're getting just some simple basic documents, you know, two years of tax returns, the W-2s or 1099s from those tax years, pay stubs for 30 days, bank statements for 60 days. Pretty basic, pretty mm -hmm. easy stuff. Um, we we take those documents and we we determine what your qualifying income is going to be. We look at your your assets and see, you know, if you meet the down payment requirements or if you're going to need a gift. And we talk about that. Um, once we have an idea of what you're trying to do and we've seen these documents and we've crunched the numbers, we run all of this information, as you said earlier, through the automated underwriting system. Every single loan gets run through an automated underwriting system. There's one, Freddie Mac has one, Fannie Mae has one. Uh, there's an automated underwriting system specifically for the rural home loans, the USDA home loans. So we are going to run your loan through this engine regardless of the type of loan you're getting. And it's going to let us know whether or not it's approving your credit and your debt to income ratio and you've ha got enough money to close. And it'll tell us what, what documentation actually needs to be provided to validate these items. So we know exactly what the underwriter is going to be looking for when we deliver a loan file to them for that final approval. And so that's what we do before you're even out making an offer. Right. And you have total peace of mind that you know exactly what the loan process is going to entail. Yeah. And the hurdles potentially that are coming and try and, and that's what I always enjoy about this process is let's look at everything about your scenario that we can look at. And like you said, that documentation that they bring in and identify, you know, where the potential hurdles and obstacles may be and meet those right out the gate so we can move confidently forward, like you said, which is which is great because at the end of the day, we're really qualifying your, I mean, that's, that's the whole idea is pre-qualifying you based on the information that we've got in front of us. That way, when we submit that loan to the underwriter, we say, here's the pre-approval essentially, and here's the documentation that matches what we entered into this automated system. And so as long as everything matches and we weren't just flat out lying about the information that we put into the system, mm -hmm. then you, you have a high degree of certainty that that loan is going to be approved, which is great. Yeah. And there's so many stressful aspects to the home buying process that if you can eliminate one of them, which is a big one, the financing piece, right. if you can eliminate that as a stress, for you, then you can just focus on finding the house with the right features in yep. the right neighborhood and, you know, focus on on that because that in itself takes a lot of energy and thought and, you know, debate and consideration and, you know, focus on that aspect of it and eliminate the worry about the loan, about whether or not you're going to qualify. I have seen some of the most qualified people stress about their ability to qualify for a loan. Right. And, and so I know it's something that kind of is in the back of everyone's mind when they're going through this buying process or this, the, especially where it involves a loan. Um, just, you know, they've heard stories. It's hard to get loans and all this. Banks are lending money. They're lending money to qualified people. I guess that's the only difference in today's market versus 10 years ago. Um, people who, who are, who demonstrate an ability to repay and, and who prove their, their ability to repay through documenting it with tax returns and things like that. They're getting loans and they're getting them no problem. 
Um, so, but let's just make sure that we've figured out all the potential issues and we've, we've eliminated that as a stress for you as you go find that right home. Yeah. That, uh, the unknown, it really creates that anxiety. And I, I like to highlight how we do our pre-approval process. Cause I don't, I'm not convinced that that's how every lender does it. I think a lot of, um, loan officers have, I, I'll just say that I think they're lazy. Um, they'll take some information and they'll just kind of say, yeah, and we'll, we'll sort through it later. Um, we like to have a little more certainty when we issue a pre-approval letter so that um, there is no surprise when you're already in contract and you've got a down, you know, you've already got an earnest money deposit at stake. Yeah, no doubt. I'd like to make sure that we've actually done a, a real approval. Uh, the idea of, or, you know, this there's an old notion that the underwriter is the one who makes the loan decision anymore. And that's not true. Right. Um, we should just change their name from underwriter to validator. Mm, They're no longer right. the decision maker. The decision maker is the computer, mm -hmm. the computer that reads the credit report and, um, you know, reads the the different data pieces that we enter into our software it's that computer that's really making the decision. Mm -hmm. um, the underwriter is just making sure that the documentation matches the numbers you entered. Right. That's all they're really doing. Right. I mean, there, there's obviously there's more complicated situations where there's a judgment call that needs to be made. And an underwriter obviously is the one making that judgment call. Sure. Um, but I'd say on 90% of loans, it's the computer making the decision and the underwriter simply validating the documentation matches. Yes. So, um, doing a good job up front and getting an accurate decision through that automated system is really um, the way to do it nowadays. And that's how we do every pre-approval so that you can have confidence going in to make offers and that it's hopefully one less thing you're stressed about while you're, you're finding a home. Um, let's see here. We're getting to the top of the hour. It's 9.59. We're, um, we're going to be joined next hour by a guest. Who, who's coming in? We have Terry McKay. Awesome. From Keller Williams, Keenan Carter Group coming cool. in. All right. Well, we hope that you stick around. We're going to be we're going to be gone for just about five minutes. Uh, top of the hour break, mandatory break here. And then we'll be back with Terry when we come back on more Mortgage Matters. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to CentralCoastLending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. There's your little Hawaiian getaway there, Dan. Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> the plane! The plane. <laughs> we'll be flying into Hawaii, I imagine. So there we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Looking yeah. forward to it. A few yeah. days away. Yeah. But until then, I've got work to do. <laughs> so 1980s, this TV show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, this is funny. All right. All right. Well, we're here. We're back. It's the uh, it's the ten o'clock hour on Mortgage Matters. Thanks for sticking with us. We are joined this hour by Terry McKay. She's with Keller Williams in 
Pismo Beach. Pismo Beach. Yes. All right. With the Keenan Carter Group. Cool. Yeah. And how long have you been um, been with Keller Williams and with the Keenan Carter Group? Sure. So I've been with Keller Williams since 2010. I actually started as the front desk girl. Um, so I was doing that for about five years, and then I got licensed in November of 2014. And I joined the Keenan Carter Group in November of 2015. And so what's your role now? I'm their senior sales partner. Okay. So primarily I work with buyers. However, if I do you know, have family and friends that want to sell homes, I can definitely help represent them. Cool. Yeah. And so since 2010, is that when you started in the real estate business? No, I actually started in September of 2008. Okay. Yeah. So I started in lending. Um, I was a mortgage loan processor for my mother because she, ah. yeah, she's a loan officer, gosh, for lots of years. Okay. Yeah. And um, I understand your dad. We, I might know your dad. Yes. I think he's a, he works locally in the area. He's a, an account executive for um, Wholesale Mortgage Company. That's correct. Shout out to Mark McKay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's also in the industry as well, as well as my bonus mom, Stacey McKay, too. Cool. And she yeah. does? She works um, at Keller Williams. So okay. we're co-peditors. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and Is there some friendly competition yes, there? Yes, very friendly competition. <laughs> yes. And who's, um, in a friendly way, who's winning? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you, Stacy. <laughs> cool. So it's a family affair it when is. it comes to real estate. It is a family affair. <laughs> I did not think that it was like this was going to be my path, but I'm so blessed and fortunate that it is. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And so tell me just a little bit more about your background. Did how are you from the area, or how did you land here? Okay, perfect. Um, so I am actually from Visalia, California. Um, born and raised. My dad, Mark, moved here in 96. Okay. So this has always been second home. You know, we spent lots of summers here. We did spring breaks here. You know, every other weekend we were here. Um, and then I graduated high school from Redwood in Visalia in 2004. Mm -hmm. I came over here, did Cuesta for a couple of years, and then I was like, you know what, I want to do San Diego for a little bit. So went to San Diego. That lasted about eight months. And then I moved back to Visalia to uh, attend Fresno State. And then um, when I was going to Fresno State, my mom said, hey, you know, I'm looking for a junior loan processor. You know, will you get into the business? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, she's she's very was very successful. And she, you know, was when growing up and listening to her on the phone, she was, you know, a go getter and kind of tough to work for. Uh -huh. So I was a little intimidated because um, I knew she had high expectations. But, you know, I met him and uh, we we killed it. So it was good. So you were in loans originally. Why didn't you stick that? Why did you end up going the real estate direction? You know, I think um, real estate is just more my forte. Um, I totally respect, you know, loan officers. You guys do such a phenomenal job. And the knowledge that you are having to always constantly um, refresh yourselves with um, to stay up to date with all the guidelines Um that's just not something that I, <laughs> I want to do. It's not do. for everyone. Yeah, it's not so for it's everyone. not for everyone. Also, you know, I don't feel like I just sell homes. I feel like I sell a lifestyle. So is that what draws you to real estate? Yes, that definitely. Helping and then, people. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, do you work with a lot of first-time buyers? Are you I, working with experienced buyers? Mm-hmm, I do. I love to work with all buyers. Um, however, I would definitely say my favorite are the first-time home buyers because they're really looking at us like, oh my gosh, please hold my hand. and right. I need help. Like I have no idea you know, what any of this is. What is an appraisal? What is a home inspection? What is a pest inspection? So, yeah. I get to tell them and it's help It's a scary them. process if you've it ever is. done it before. Correct. It's yeah, stressful. it totally is. Yeah. I, I love working with first-time home buyers as well. I love being the person that gets to guide them through that process. It seems like that a, a lot of the information or misinformation that people head into these transactions with can really cause some issues and some problems. So it's nice to to take someone that really is green with understanding the process and then earning their trust and then allowing us the opportunity to walk them through the path, which I think is uh, sometimes can be smoother than than if you go with someone that maybe doesn't know what they're doing or is a little less experienced for sure. I'm sure you run into that. Yes, I do. I do. Yes. So one thing that I really love about your background is that, like you said, you grew up in the business with your parents (laughs) in the industry. And so I think it gives you a unique perspective on just the the totality and what it takes to bring some of these transactions together. Um, There's a lot of people that have to get across the finish line at the same time, holding hands and everyone needs to be on the same page. And I think that it takes, uh, it takes a lot of effort to, to kind of manufacture that and to create that. And I, it's funny because you're such a high energy person Mm -hmm. And such a go-getter. When when we we had coffee this week, and she said that she's interested in becoming the best and biggest realtor in the county, which is great. Yes, Those yes. goals are 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 huge. It doesn't surprise me that you have friendlyly passed your mother, <laughs> because yes, relatively new in the industry as far as having your license, but the experience that you've gained from being around it is is just you can't match that with studying or working hard. It's just something that you gain and being exposed to it for such a long period of time, which I think makes you very unique, which is very cool. Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree. Very cool. Having the loan background, I think is big. I I don't think a lot of realtors have been on the loan side. Right. Um, So it's, I think it helps you understand the process more. And you're, like you said, your buyers are looking to you for, is this normal? Right. Is this, yeah. you know, what should I be expecting? And you yeah. can kind of help even bridge, you know, the, the financing piece a little bit and help them understand that. Yeah. I have a client right now and she, when her loan officer is telling her that they need, you know, this, this, and this, she calls me, why do I need this, this, and this? So I, I can help explain that because I understand. Yeah. So. And yeah, it's, it's just such a foreign process to most people that haven't been through this before. So Correct. they're, they're looking to you. They're relying yeah, on you. And I'm here to help and I'm happy to help. <laughs> um, so do you, are you primarily um, conducting business in the South County area? Yeah, I would definitely say that's where most of my business is, is in South County. However, I love, you know, working from Paso and all the way down to Orchid. Can you tell us just a little bit about what the market's like right now, um, yeah, especially in in that um, southern part of the county yeah. area? Is it super competitive? Is everything seeing, you know, 10 offers at a time or, you know, what's the environment like? What, sure. can, a, what I mean, can a buyer expect? Definitely. It's definitely still a seller's market, you know, and you guys know the rates are still pretty reasonable. So, I mean, for buyers, I mean, that's the great thing about buying right now. Yet, um, like I like to educate my clients is we're in a seller's market. So we have to be prepared to, you know, go up against multiple offers. That's what's happening. Um, 
is South, well, all of San Luis Obispo County, the average sales price is about $577,000 right now. In Pismo, it's like $950,000. Crazy. Um, And AG, I live in AG right now, so Arroyo Grande. Um, That's about $711,000, that median sales price. Um, I am going up against multiple offers. Um, I, you know, sometimes we win, sometimes we don't. And I also like to let them know, Hey, you know, we are going up against other people. Um, we want to be competitive if you really want this house. Also, you know, what would it mean to you if you didn't get this home? Right. So then you're bringing emotions into it and buying, well, buyers act on emotions, you know? So, um, I don't want them to lose the house. And I just kind of say it like, what are you willing to do to get this home? When you talk about being competitive, um, what does that mean to you? What are you trying to convey to the buyer? Do they need to, sure. you know, do you have to come up with cash to buy the home? Like, well, no, what does no. it take to be competitive? Um, a higher price, um, okay. even maybe even better terms. Um, you know, we don't have to, well, it depends on the loan program that they get, but most of the times, like, I don't write pest, the pest report in the contract. You know, I'll go after that during the request for repairs. Um, so that's a competitive advantage. Don't ask for closing costs, you know, and, or if you do want closing costs, well, so say you want $5,000 in closing costs, let's go up in purchase price, $5,000, you know, so mm-hmm. that the seller nets that amount of money. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, we hear a lot of stories that, you know, cash is going to prevail over a financed offer, all things being equal. Right. Would you agree with that or? Mm-hmm. Not in some cases. It also depends on who the seller is. Like, I, what I like to do is have my, and not in all cases, and, and they have, I like to write a letter to the seller, I was, yeah. right? Okay, on behalf of my clients, or I have my clients write the letter to the seller. Kind of pull at the heartstrings a little sure. bit. However, if the seller's an investor, most of the time, they're not really going to care. It's all about the bottom line. Yes, exactly. But for someone who's actually selling the residence they live in, they yeah. might care who's who's going to be buying it from them. Correct. They love their neighbors and they're sad that they have to leave their neighbors. So they want to make sure that the new family that comes in, you know, are good people. And so they can say that neighbors, hey, you know, I I have a great family that's buying the home. You guys are in great hands. So so that little personal touch, that actually makes its way all the way to the seller. It doesn't get round filed before someone gets to actually look at it. Right. Right. I mean, I would <laughs> hope, but yeah, most of the times I'm, I, and I love who I work with on the other side of deals. I always try to make sure that I have a great relationship with the listing agent or the buyer's agent if I'm representing the seller. I think that just makes the transaction a win-win for everybody. Do you so. get an opportunity to kind of pitch for your client to the to the listing agent? Do you get, hey, oh. I got I got some great people here. Oh, for sure. You can advocate yeah. for them in that way? Definitely. You know, it's funny to me that there's some agents out there who don't call the listing agent and tell them, "Hey, I'm writing an offer on your listing." They just email the li- the the offer. So, I always like to call, introduce myself if I don't know who they are. Mhm. Um, tell them a little bit about the buyers. Tell them our situation. Hey, you know, who do you want to do escrow with? Who? Um, what's your time frame? What's the seller's time frame? Um, how long of uh, escrow are they looking for? Why are they moving? You know, just to get more information because I feel like that helps my clients in the end. Yeah, I feel like that would make a difference. If I were a listing agent, that would appeal to me. Right. If someone's just throwing some off, you know, some offer pops up in my email, I'm you know, I might yeah. consider it based on price alone, but yeah. if there's and, more and of a happens. relationship and, yeah. you know, a story to be heard from someone right. else, that that's compelling, I yeah. think. Yeah, for so sure. That's good. Do you think most agents do that? No, they do not. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I feel like everyone should do that. It makes a lot too. of sense to I me. I do too. Hopefully they'll start doing that now. It <laughs> makes a lot of sense. We, we do that with a, a lot of our pre-qualified clients as well. Say, yeah. hey, listen, it's part of my communication with the realtors when they're making that offer, especially in a multiple offer situation, mm -hmm. is I, I'm always happy to communicate with the listing agent. Um, my phone is always available if there's a question about financing because that's a, oftentimes that's an important piece in that transaction. Um, as you know, we've even had clients where right. you've been in contract, you've called me and said, hey, this particular bank said they were qualified. Mm -hmm. We're in contract, timelines are moving, and now all of a sudden they can't they can't get financing. Right, said, thank oh. you. You saved deals. Yeah, thank we you. did. That one yeah, there's yes. been a couple, but that yeah. So it's it's I think it's important for the the listing agent to understand that that potential buyer's complete story. And so if we can just add even just a little, you know, a quick phone call, yes very qualified, plenty of money down, long time job, good credit, no issues. Oftentimes that will make the difference between, you know, let's go with this offer versus this offer. Mm -hmm. Money is is obviously important and um, you know, it's a business transaction, but there is that human side of it, that human element. So with those those letters that you're talking about right. having your buyers write um, making you know available to the listing agent just to give them some additional information um, on where that offer stands and how strong it is is huge. It's Definitely. so huge, and I think that a lot of realtors miss the mark on that. Yeah, they which, do. I'll be happy to represent their clients anytime. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do a similar process basically on the loan side. If every loan was you know to a salaried person who right. easily qualified with great credit, we could all do rocket loans and mm -hmm. never yeah. have to talk to anyone. We mm -hmm. could just push buttons and get loans all day long, right? right? But it turns out most people are unique and different from others and there's a story to be told. And so in, in even trying to get a loan approved, there's usually some aspect of the story that needs to be explained to the bank that's ultimately going to approve the loan. And, and so we do a similar thing too. And yeah. I, I feel like it does make the difference. If you just shoot a scenario, you know, a loan package over to someone with no explanation, they're trying to put it all together themselves. Right. And, but if you offer a letter as to here's what's going on, mm -hmm. right. then all of a sudden things start to make sense right. and yeah, definitely. You know, it can make a difference. So I, I think that's really good what you're doing. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, it is 1021. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to have more with Terry when we come back. So I hope you stick around. And if you want to ask any questions, we'd love to hear from you. 543-8830. See that phone line lighting up already? 543-8830. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. <laughs> Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Loan. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 0183960008. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. 
Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Don Ho music for your Hawaiian vacation. You're going to Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Got a my vacation most favorite plan. place. Yeah. First of September. I'll be taking off for about 10 days. Oh, my gosh. Jealous. What island? Kauai. I have not been, but I've heard amazing things. I have not been either. Yeah. Have so, you been to Hawaii at all? No. Oh, my goodness. Been to a lot of places in this world, but yeah. not Hawaii. Yeah. So I'm it's looking forward magical. To just warm. Warm weather, mm-hmm. hanging out on the beach. Mai Tais? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll get him back in here. I got to get out of the Okay. We got, we got our, Jason got locked uh, our out. Our co-host I'll go, I'll go locked out of the studio. <laughs> yeah, he has right, to. We'll yeah. solve that problem. We got to talk about that. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we were, uh, we're just getting started here. You know what? I, um, I, I feel like maybe we went a little too long and we should do a better job of introducing you. We we mentioned um, that you're with Keller Williams in Pismo Beach with the Keenan Carter Group. Um, you primarily are representing buyers, but Correct. happy to list homes too. Yes, if someone to. wants to get a hold of you, how could they do that? Sure. So again, my name's Terry McKay, and I am available always by cell phone, 805-602-2244. Uh, we also have an office line, which is 805-773-7711. Um, and you can reach me by email as well, Terry, T-E-R-I, McKay, M-C-K-A-Y, at kw.com. Or, lastly, um, our website, thekeenancartergroup.com. Keenan Carter Group. Is it K... Can you spell it? Sure. So, K E E N A N. C-A-R-T-E-R group.com. There we go. Yeah. All right. So many ways to get a hold of you. Yes. And you're working on a Saturday. I imagine that's not um, unusual for you. No, 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 no. <laughs> 24-7. Real estate's a, a seven-day-a-week gig. Yes, it is. Um, cool. Are you showing property later today? I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually going to go to Lincoln Deli after this and go get some lunch. I've never been, shockingly. So oh, I heard it's good. the sandwiches are amazing. Yeah. I'm more of a high street girl deli. That's, oh, well, like you got to branch out. There's a lot of good yeah. delis in town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I am showing property tomorrow. Cool. So, yeah. Right on. Um, um, are you feeling like supply is picking up? 
slowing down, uh, staying the same? Honestly, I, I, I think it's staying the same. Um, but, it, you know, it all depends on what mortgage rates are doing, right, guys? So, you know, when they start to pick up, then that's when prices are going to have to, you know, decline or lower. And uh, we'll see what happens then. I mean, I'm looking forward to a buyer's market because I'd like to buy an investment <laughs> property. So, Do you feel like um, we're at a tipping point here where prices are where they are because rates are so low and that if rates, if there's upward pressure on rates that, I mean, do you see a plateauing or even a decline in values on I, the horizon at all? I honestly, I thought that I was going to see the decline this, this year, this summer. That's what, you know, the economists that we follow that, you know, Keller Williams, they always supply us with up-to-date information. And they thought that it was going to, you know, steady out, even out this year. Um, now they're forecasting that into next year. I wish I had a crystal ball to be able to tell everybody. That would be helpful. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So, yeah, you know, at this moment, I would definitely say that it's it's just even. I don't know if it's going to plateau. I don't know if it's... Okay. Yeah. On the rate side, um, for about three or four years, I've been predicting that rates are going to begin this steady upward trend and then each year I'm reminded that I'm human and I make mistakes and yeah. um, this year's no different. We're I think we're sitting about a half a point lower than how we started the year on rates. We're definitely at the the lows for the year currently. I think Freddie Mac reported like a 3.8 something APR this past week, so it's the lowest levels of 2017, so rates continue to defy um defy logic i think and they're, yeah. they're just hanging out low yeah. we're talking you know there is a fed meeting next month where they could potentially raise rates but it seems like everyone's betting that that's off the table and mm -hmm. won't be considered again until december yeah so i guess that could be good no for, that's great yeah for those sellers yeah and i mean when i started in this business 2008 i remember you know six and a half was the interest rate so it's like if you're saying 3.8 i mean that's pretty good yeah and six six to eight percent is more the historical norm mm -hmm. so yeah, four percent is pretty sweet. It's yeah. not two or three percent that it was a couple years ago. Right. But four is still pretty good. Right. Very affordable still. There was yeah. a lot of fear around election time, right? Right. And so that fear causes the markets to do some crazy things. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone, a lot of folks, like you were saying, Dan, anticipated a big rate hike and something that was going to be consistent just every couple months, just bump up, bump up, bump up. And I think the, the rates did definitely go up around the first of the year. So we saw that increase, but things have sort of stabilized as far as interest rates go. I think another thing to speak to is regarding the affordability and interest rates um, obviously, the, the fear is that if rates go up, it shrinks the, the pool of buyers and potentially, you know, changes some purchase prices and changes the activity. But we are seeing sort of like we talked about before is the pendulum coming back as far as some of the flexibility in lending um, with gift funds and giving giving buyers an, uh, some maybe some new paths to ownership that they didn't have before. So I think that that might be able to fight some of the headwinds of some maybe potential higher interest rates. So so that would be, that's good news. That's definitely good news. Definitely. I've seen an upswing in 
an agency loan program um, being used for purchasing, especially for the first-time buyers. There's Fannie Mae offers a program called Home Ready, and Freddie Mac offers a program called Home Possible. Mm-hmm. And this is the conventional financing option that allows for a 3% minimum down payment and a reduced mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you meet some income qualification guidelines, it's designed for a lower income, quote-unquote. Um, you know, for our area... I think the Fannie Mae limit somewhere in the $80,000 range. And the Freddie Mac one, I think, actually uses a higher threshold. They use like 140% of area median income, which ends up being like 120000 or something like that. Um, so I've seen these programs being used more and more. And it's really great for those first-time buyers. I've, I've said this a few times on the radio. I think for a first-time buyer, the perfect recipe for buying a home, the strategy you should use is use one of those five percent down or three mm-hmm. percent down mm-hmm. loan programs to get in it's all about getting in especially right. when the market when home values are appreciating at an above average clip that they have been for the last right. five or ten years um i've seen so many people get in with a zero down usda loan or a five percent down conventional and they they make their payments maybe do a couple little minor home improvements and after three years they've all of a sudden got 20% equity in the home yep. and they can sell it and they can get 70 or $80,000 out to put down on that move up home. Yeah. And it's just awesome. And they did it all by, you know, coming out of pocket with a few thousand dollars for closing costs or, you know, maybe $20,000 for down payment and closing costs. Right. And now here they have an $80,000 payment to put down on a $500,000 home or a $600,000 home. And it's, it's just a great way to do it in an economical fashion. Cause if you sit here and you try to, pack away 20% in your savings, it's going to take years and years. Meanwhile, home values just keep going up and up. Right, and you're that, missing the opportunity. That down payment requirement keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And yeah. I, I feel like you got to get in in these competitive markets. Agreed. So that's what I've seen. And that home ready and home possible program's really been a great strategy that a lot of first-time buyers have used. I think a lot of people don't factor in the the benefits of home ownership as far as when it comes tax time as well. Gosh. And so, I mean, when you're you're talking about having write-offs that you otherwise would not have had, and you compare that to just continuing to make your rent payment month after month, um, I think people are often surprised that, wow, I'm actually ahead. Maybe my monthly outflow is a little bit higher than when I was renting. But at the end of the day, with the tax write-offs and the tax benefits that I get, all of a sudden owning a home makes so much more sense. Right. So understanding that full picture and understanding that, that that's an option is so critical, so important, right. so important. And it's yours. Yes. You know? Exactly. You don't have to ask for permission to paint it the color you like or whatever. Yeah. You close the door and it's yours. Right. (laughs) Or you want to get a dog. Yeah. You have to jump through every hoop in the world to get a dog. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely important. So, Terry, you describe this market as a seller's market. Yes. But we're really short on supply. Um, why Why aren't there more sellers coming to market if it's a seller's market? I think a lot of people are struggling with, well, if it's a seller's market, you know, where am I going to move, right? You know, the lack of inventory on finding that replacement property. Um, We are seeing, you know, a lot of sellers contingent upon finding their replacement property, but it's taking a while, you know, it takes a long time. Um, Is the move up category as competitive as the first, as the entry level category? No. 
No, definitely not. I would say anything under 500,000, like in five cities, and that's probably, you know, like Grover Beach, AG, um, we're very competitive there. But anything above, you know, 600, it's it's not as, um, as competitive, however it still is. So a home that is in good condition, that's priced well, that's under 500,000 gets listed today. When when is this thing selling? Well, hopefully they list it on Thursday. Go <laughs> on do broker caravan on Friday, have an open house Saturday and Sunday and are reviewing offers Monday and Tuesday. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. same question for the $700,000 home. How how long is that taking? Yeah, it's probably going to take, you know, a couple of weeks. Um we just listed a house on Paseo Ladera that's in AG off of Old R- old Oak Park Road and we were you know looking at the stats on that I mean the days on market in that price range it's you know almost 1.1 million oh 1.2 excuse me so 81 days is the average days on market in that price range so of course you know as the price gets higher um we don't have everyday buyers for that price range so it it tends to settle a bit but still even into the million plus range it's less than three months I know which is Faster than what a normal marketing time is. Mm -hmm. Normal marketing time in real estate, it's always been known. It's 90 to 180 days, right? Three to six months is typical marketing time. Yeah. Wow. And it's crazy. These people have cash, too. Where is it all coming from? I I don't know. I don't know. They need to teach a class. I get this question all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Where is all this money coming from? We had someone call in from, I want to say it was Indiana. Um, And... (laughs) You know, talking about a specific transaction, specific property, and then quickly the conversation evolved into what is going on in California? (laughs) What's going on on the Central Coast? Where's all this cash coming from? Who are these people that have a million dollars in cash? I know. Just really smart with our money. Yeah. People who are selling homes in uh, San Francisco and L.A. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And wanting to live a slower paced life. Yes. It's pretty incredible here. It's no denying that. It is. We're very blessed. Um, It is time to take our final break of the hour of the show here. So we're going to step aside uh, for one one more quick break, and we'll be back for more comments and questions with Terry. If you'd like to ask a question or share a comment, we'd love to hear from you. 543-8830. 543-8830 gets you live here on the radio. Um, And uh, we'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Night and you and blue. I feel like Hawaii is probably a really good place to take a nap. Yeah, maybe. All this soothing really music. Yes. Your life air. is going to change for the better. <laughs> good. Yeah. I need a good 10-day nap. It's really nice. That's what the mortgage business does to you. Uh, no, you'll be checking out the prices on Hawaii. You know you are. It's, it's just in my blood, Jim. You're, you're gonna see what you're, you're gonna know. Always what gonna the average yeah. home prices on Hawaii. Plus, I'm just doing my homework. Whenever, whenever uh, one of the guest hosts is excused from the radio show for the weekend it's their duty to go out and do some okay some uh, industry research why don't we just move the show to hawaii we've for a talked about yeah. that yeah. yeah we'll just yeah. all go over there yeah, we'll just I'd write it to. all off right write yeah. it off. Um, yeah it's a loan officer recruitment trip that's what it is, it is. Yeah. yeah all right of course you need the you know you need the sound engineer over there you know that. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> We'll work on I it. can't stay in some studio in San Luis Obispo, California. Come on. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're back. It's uh, it's the 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 grand finale here on Mortgage Matters. We got about twenty minutes with Terry McKay. She's the hi everyone. She's the uh, the very lovely buyer's agent at Keller Williams in Pismo Beach. Enjoying a nice conversation here this this morning. Yes, the buyer's agent for the <laughs> Keenan Carter Group. That's right, the yes. Keenan Carter Group. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about Paso a little bit. That's right. And switch gears. It. That's right. We were talking about uh, areas of the county that you like. Yes. That we like to eat. Where we like to eat. Yes. We all kind of have that in common. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paso is great for that. Yeah. They have yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of things going on up there on a regular basis. They do. So tell us what your favorite areas are of the county. I know Paso is going to be on there, yes. on that list for sure. Yes. Why you like them and what you see in the future for the real estate market there. Sure. Um, well, let's talk about Paso. Um, and then I will just throw a stat out there. So the median sales price for Paso Robles right now is $477,000. Okay. So obviously that is you know below our Slow County median sales price, um, which makes it a lot more affordable. Um, and it is just going off over there with all the wineries and the amazing restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at Winefest, um, gosh, I want to say it was back in May, how they have it downtown at the park, mm-hmm. you know, right there. Uh, and it was so fun. What was crazy is 
I did not know anyone. And I feel like whenever I go to an event here on the Central Coast or, you know, in Slow County, I know somebody. Mm-hmm. So that just made it like more, how do I say that? It, it was all tourists. It was all people coming out of the area to come and like spend time in our little Paso Robles. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love the I love that area as well. They always have something happening in that center of town. Right. Olive festival and mm-hmm. garlic festival and wine festivals mm-hmm. and it's a it's a big draw to the area for sure. With a lot of tourists, are do you see a lot of investment properties up there? Yeah. You see a lot of of you know, I one of the things that we always talk about is investment properties and sort of the new thing now is the Airbnb and what that looks like. Do you have a lot of buyers that are interested in that and in areas like Paso? I actually do not have any clients who bought a home to Airbnb in Paso yet. Right. Um, I do. I just closed on um, Thursday of this last week in AG. Um, and they are actually going to Airbnb it, like right hmm. on Ash Street in Maple, you know, in the tree streets in Royal Grande. Mm-hmm. So west of Royal Grande. Um, and they're going to do that. I mean, it's a lucrative, a lucrative business. And, um, you know, it is a little tricky to get approved by the city. Right. There are some, you know, jumps that you have to, yes. you know, hop some over. hoops for yes, sure. Yes, some hoops. For sure. And they're um, limited, right? I mean, mm-hmm, it's not just, right. hey, if you want to do this, you're free to do it. Right. I know a lot of folks that uh, maybe you're doing it outside of, you know, having those licenses. Yeah. Which is always a little scary because you yeah. never know how long that's going to last. Yeah. Well, but, they're employing people to check the websites to make sure that you have a business license. Right. Yeah. So, so it's it's not going to be um easy right for a yes, long time. definitely what else do you like about paso i think a lot of people are under the impression that the heat is just too much like once you get oh. over that grade mm-hmm. the heat is too much i guess for a girl from visalia that's not yeah. that big of a deal right you know, like the, right like the thing i miss about visalia is the seasons you know i live in ag i mean it's beautiful where i live um where we live However, that's something that I think we do not have um, our seasons. Sure. Um, and I love being able to, if it's hot, let's jump in the pool. I mean, if it's if it's hot, let's buy a house that has a pool. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> it just, it, it, let's do it. Um, so I love that. I also, like I said, the restaurants. I mean, I am a foodie. I love to eat. I enjoy good food. I enjoy. Um, Food where the um, ingredients are sourced here in Slope County, right? So we're helping small businesses and we're helping our local farmers. Um, Shout out to Fish Gaucho. They they do it right. And their agave margaritas are off the chain. (laughs) They are. I haven't had one of those yet. Yeah, well, let's go. (laughs) It's good. Dan, you look like you you lit up over there when you heard that. He knows what I'm talking about. I'm just thinking back to right before the Garth Brooks concert. And uh, that was the stop. That was Fish Gaucho for a few margaritas and some tacos. Yes, their pork belly taquitos. Life-changing. How was that concert? I heard there was was Mm. pretty crazy, right? I mean, they added an extra concert yeah mm-hmm. we went to the late one. Oh how, wow i went to the fun. early one thank how goodness. was that in between the concerts was yeah. it just mayhem because uh, there were so many people leaving and so many people showing uh, up for the we next were, show we were in it was the, actually not the bad. line to get right. in so it just it wasn't mayhem it was just a little later than we had thought yeah but yeah. otherwise it was fine everyone oh, was you know it was two hours yeah hour and a half late it was very orderly like it was mm-hmm. it was nice and it was a great show awesome show and it was because yeah. some of the people from the first show decided they should hang out and 
see the second show. Yeah, right. Also, if, the, if you linger uh, long yeah, enough, yeah. And maybe just not you can leave. just get yeah. right back in. Security's not going to notice you're still sitting there through the whole break, and they're not going to notice that you have to be cleared out of there. So, yeah, that's what it was. That's why it was late, because they had to go actually and start clearing people, because they would not leave. Well, yeah. I paid attention, and I left when I was told yeah. I had to leave. Yeah, I just walked down yeah. the way to the Jimmy's Watering Hole. So There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rule follower. That's yes. good. That's yes, good. I good follow rules, y'all. Yes. <laughs> so what, what other areas of the county do you enjoy besides Paso? Honestly, I love every uh, every town that we have here in, in Slow County. I could, you know, tell you something favorite about every single town. Um I love Five Cities. You know, just last night, RJ and I, RJ's my life partner. Um, we, uh, at four o'clock, he got off work and I, you know, took some time off and we went to Kinsey, which is five minutes down the road from our house and, you know, uh, did a wine and cheese pairing. You know, it was beautiful. It was uh, sunny over there. And then when we were done with that, we were hungry still. So we drove five minutes to the beach and went to Sea Venture and had an amazing dinner. So it's... It's awesome where we live because of the fact that there's so much to do in such a small distance. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know? You're talking about missing seasons. And I'm thinking <laughs> you all you have to do is drive 15 Correct. minutes uh, east and you'll find some seasons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you'll I'll find go all to four of them. Tooth and Nail Winery and hang out there. <laughs> right. yes. yes. That's what's beautiful about this area is yeah. you've got it all. Right. And it's and, all close. Yes. yes. And that's why I love what I do because... Like, you know, yes, I sell homes, but I think I touched on it earlier that I'm selling a lifestyle. You know what I mean? A lot of people are like, wow, the homes in the Central Coast are so expensive. But we have such an amazing community here. Um, and there's something to do, you know, keeps a lot of people out of trouble. So Yeah, it's an easy sell, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, there is so much here. Yeah. Well, and I feel like with all the diversity, you know, you can overcome pretty much any any disqualifier you know if someone's like well i'm limited on my budget but i like to be in a place where the climate's temperate and i've got food nearby or something yeah. it's like oh well we, we've got these three areas you can check out yeah. and, oh i like heat and i like pools and mm -hmm. you know but i want to be a half hour from the ocean cool we got that yeah. too you know we've yeah. got it all you can find what everyone's looking for if you just understand exactly. what they want exactly and exactly which is super important about doing a buyer presentation and you know sit, setting those expectations and wanting to get their needs and what's important to them before you even go house shopping so so we're i'm glad you brought it back to to the buying process i'm something i just i'm curious you know there's a lot of people this whole process is foreign to them they're mm -hmm. they're probably they, there might be even some people who are intimidated by the whole thing right what can a buyer expect when they sit down with you for that first meeting oh great question um so i what i like to do is you know talk less about me and ask tons of questions about them right well i want a three bedroom two bath okay wonderful why is that important to you well, you know, I have three children and, you know, I want each of them to, well, boy and girl have their own room, you know, so on, so on. Uh, I want to have a nice backyard. I want to live in a great neighborhood. Okay, great. Why is that important to you? So that we can really, really understand why they are doing what they're doing and you know, why that motivates them. Um, because if then we're going house shopping and they say, oh my gosh, I, I like this house, but it doesn't meet any of the boxes that they told me, then I can go back and say, hey, I, you know, you had said that this was important to you, but 
this does not meet your qualifications. How are we okay with that? You know, do we need to sit back and reassess your wants and your needs? Um, so that's what I like to do. I feel like not a lot of people, not a lot of agents actually sit down and take the time to actually get to know their customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but. I th- yeah, and you're bringing up great points because I think some new buyers think that all they have to do is give give you the wish list and then you're going to find the property that checks all the boxes. Right. And right. that's rare. Very, very rare. Usually buying yes. is some process of elimination. Right. That's yes. really what you're doing. Yes. What's What's most important exactly. to me? Exactly. And then you're kind of working within those parameters. Right. And that's why you're asking the more probing questions. Right. Exactly. Because yes. you're, you're anticipating that you're not going to be able to check all yeah, the boxes. sorry. <laughs> yes. Unless you're buying new. Unless exactly. you're building your own. Then exactly. you can have it exactly the way you want. Exactly. <laughs> but not for $450,000. Right. <laughs> Maybe in Guadalupe, though. So, Like I said, there's something for everyone. There is. There is. And I'll be happy to find that for them. It seems like it would. I mean, there, there's pros and cons. Obviously, this area we just talked about, there's there's a little something for everybody, it feels like. Correct. Um, which, which really makes you work really hard too yes. right i mean there's yes. places in los osos where they don't have that track development you know they've mm-hmm. got funky unique properties mm-hmm. where maybe that third bedroom isn't officially called a third bedroom by the county right so understanding the areas and more importantly like you said spending the time with the client early in the process to know what they're looking for what's going to satisfy their needs is so important and i think I, you're spot on i think a lot of folks even in our business lending side or realtors, they just miss the mark on that, which yeah. is, I think it's one of the most important parts. It is. I just don't get where they, they drop the ball on that piece, but it, I'm happy to hear that that's a big part of what you do early mm-hmm. on in the process. Yeah. That's great. And, and you know, maybe they drop the ball on that because of training. You know, there's, right. there's a lot of companies out there um, that do not train agents properly or, you know, to best serve our clients in the community. So what do you do? As far as training early on, is that something that Keenan Carter Group offers on a regular basis? Or sure, what, what they do. You do go through? But I would definitely say it's Keller Williams that does that. Um, okay. So when they have a new um, agent who signs on, someone who's freshly licensed, they don't say, "Okay, John Smith, there you go. You're you know you're set out into the world and you get to go and help represent somebody." They have a mentor that's with them for their first three transactions. Um, even if you're licensed, if I got licensed today, I can't go and do an open house tomorrow. I mean, I could, but it wouldn't be advised. You know, we would want somebody to sit with them or they sit with their mentor and go over the open house procedure and um, the do's and the do nots of, mm-hmm. of the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think they're they're putting out some good real estate agents. That's super smart. Yeah, I do. Super I do smart. And then the it. team that you're on also obviously supports you. Yes, yes. Dick and Arlene are just amazing. Um, I'm com- totally, totally blessed to be on their mm. team. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. We've had them on the show before. Yes, yes. I was not with them when they were being interviewed, but um, they're go-getters and definitely people that you want to work side by side with every day. Yeah, so. yeah. And Melissa is awesome oh to work with gosh. as well. Oh my gosh, yes. Melissa Crooks, the yin to my yang. She <laughs> is. She's everything to me. Yes. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. They are definitely lucky to have her. She's uh, their transaction coordinator. Yes. So anytime we have a, a deal going with them, 
Um, lots of communication with Melissa, and she's she's amazing to work yeah. with. She's fun, yeah. for sure. And our clients love her because she, you know, holds hands and you know is totally there for them 100% of the time. Because you know we're out in the field um, with other clients, and not that that client's not important, but we want somebody to be there 24/7 to answer their questions. Yeah, and a lot of time yeah. they don't need to speak to the realtor, right? right? They need right. just some. I, I need to get a copy of this document, yeah. or I need a little bit of information on that. Right. And having that team and that support system around you is so important. Important. It is. It's so important yeah. to so you can carry on with your day doing the things that you need to get done. Exactly. And obviously step in if there's a phone call that needs to be made. Correct. But a lot of this can just be and a lot of times the clients they prefer to deal with someone that isn't a, that involved in the, tr- the transaction as far as the realtor because they understand that you're busy and Melissa's so great to work with. So she great is. to have that support yeah. system. Yeah. She's great. She's yes. great. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry, I'm curious, how far will you take a buyer through the process um, if they haven't talked to a lender? <laughs> um, <laughs> she likes this one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... They're really doing a disservice to themselves um, if they don't do that. I saw this funny meme on Instagram the other day, and it was like a car was like backwards, and it, it made no sense. And it said, you know, how shopping without getting pre-approved looks like this, and it's it's true, you know. And so, and I don't want to be negative in that way, but hey, you could be pre-qualified for a lot more, you know. And you're wanting to just shop for a three hundred thousand dollar house that's really hard to find in our area, and you could be pre-qualified for five fifty, and you didn't know that. So, um, I probably would give them one time. I would show them one house, set the um, the expectations and then also build that relationship. And if they do not go and talk to a lender, then I would just have them on a drip system, you know, contact them, you know, frequently put them on an eight by eight, which is contact them eight times, but one time a week for eight weeks. Um, and, and just see, see how it goes from there. I think it's important to realize there's a there's a seller involved in the exactly. transaction. And if you're out right. making offers and they're seriously considering your offer, but you haven't squared away financing Correct. and then it turns out you can't get financed, you've now wasted their time and perhaps they passed on another great offer that maybe that buyer's not there anymore. Right. And so now you've disrupted th- these people's strategy mm-hmm. and right. and their right. opportunity to, to sell their home for right. the most amount of money. Right. So it affects more than just it does. It totally does. And it, it just lack of motivation. They're obviously not that motivated, right. you know, so and I want to I want to work with everyone. But I also know where I have to spend my time is with people who are willing and able buyers. And it's a competitive market. It so you got to you got to be ready. You got to have yes. your ducks in a row. Yes. And then yeah. it, it happens fast, yes. faster than a lot of people think. Yes, it does. It does. Um, we're we're kind of getting down to it, huh? Uh, two and a half minutes. All right. Yeah. Well, um, I want to thank you, Terry, for yeah. taking an hour out of your Saturday to join thank us here you on the so radio. Much. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversation. And if anyone out there is interested in um, talking to you about buying a home, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Again, my name is Terry McKay, and you can call me by my cell phone, which is 805 602 2244. My email, Terry, T-E-R-I, McKay, M-C-K-A-Y, at kw.com. Uh, our website is thekeenancartergroup.com. And I would be definitely happy to help or just chat and see where you are along the process. So call me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you again. Thank um, you. We've we've worked at the Keenan Carter Group for many years and really enjoy um, 
enjoy the clients that they've sent our way and, and that yeah. so yeah we have a good working relationship yeah. there and, and we appreciate you like guys to see that too. continue thank you so um for those of you out here listening and um hopefully we've piqued your interest on a few mortgage related issues or you know maybe you're um you've been thinking about being a buyer and just not sure how that process starts um hopefully you get an idea that we're very approachable um, we want to help. I mean, that's really the name of the game is helping. We don't see ourselves so much as salespeople as really just um, guides through this process. It's it's not necessarily intuitive, um, but we we do it every day. We help buyers every day, and we can help you um, navigate through a, a challenging process. And we'd love to help you out. So if you need that loan help, um, the place to start is with that pre-approval. You can give us a call at our office. Um, one number rings all four locations. It's 543-LOAN, 543-5626. You can also find a lot of information on our website about the buying process as well as um, all the different loan programs that we offer. Um, we can talk about different sources for down payment, um, documentation requirements, things like that, just to make sure that you're prepared and ready to ready to really engage in this buying process, and we'd love to help you out. You can check out our website, centralcoastlending.com. Uh, there's a free online loan application. a great, easy way to get started in this process, and uh, we'd love to help you. If you're a homeowner already and maybe these low interest rates have piqued your curiosity, give us a call too. We'd love to help you lower your payment, shorten your term, or get rid of some mortgage insurance that's costly and unnecessary. Uh, the number again, 543-LOAN, 543-5626. We'll be back next week with Mortgage Matters.